Access Division 33, the official podcast of Division 33 of the American Psychological Association, a group of professionals dedicated to science and practice in the area of intellectual and developmental disabilities and autism spectrum disorder. In each episode, we'll speak with a different member of our division, discussing their work and why it's important to the lives of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and those who support them. and welcome to Access Division 33. I'm Laurel Benjamin, a member of Division 33 and your host for today. Today, we'll be talking about the transition to higher education with Dr. Brett Rainin Nachman. Dr. Nachman is an assistant professor of adult and lifelong learning at the University of Arkansas. His research focuses on issues related to autism and disability in higher education, community college access and equity, as well as teaching and learning. Dr. Nachman recently received the Spencer Foundation Large Research Grant to support his work on autistic college student success. Welcome, Dr. Nachman. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Laurel. So your work revolves around understanding the educational experiences, support systems, and identity development of autistic individuals within the context of higher education. Can you give us an overview of what is known so far about this transition to higher education for autistic college students and tell us why this is such an important area of focus? Absolutely. Well, we know that increasingly autistic college students or autistic students, I should say, are coming to our college campuses. Uh, Some of them are formally diagnosed. Others uh, do not have a diagnosis yet, but perhaps are seeking a diagnosis or are are self-diagnosed as autistic. Uh, With this influx of autistic individuals on our college campuses, it provides a really massive opportunity for thinking about how can we redesign our spaces to be more welcoming and inclusive of their perspectives, their strengths, and their skills. But needless to say, many higher education institutions um, are ableist in their practices and were not ever really designed with autistic folks in mind. So what, what does this mean in terms of these uh, autistic students who are now all over our college campuses? Well, it provides an opportunity to reflect on what teaching practices do those of us who identify as educators uh, offer that are more mindful of the various ways in which not only our autistic students learn, but everybody learns. Um, it also means that uh, the traditional, quote, traditional ways of offering campus programming may not necessarily be aligned with how autistic folks navigate the world, may find certain spaces to be overwhelming, or may have unique ways in demonstrating their ideas and skills, but the current structures don't allow for that. So what we often see is um, a disconnect that emerges and not necessarily uh, at the fault of the autistic individual, but rather these spaces that are just uh, very much uh, neurotypically designed, but not necessarily for those who are neurodivergent. So there are a number of challenges that may emerge for autistic students related to independence and self-advocacy and finding the right resources that can aid their success. Um, But there are also a number of different positive strengths and opportunities that have also surfaced by virtue of the development of autism-specific college support programs around the country, uh, disability cultural centers, neurodiversity clubs, Um, and even spaces that are just related to autistic individuals' interests. So transitions are challenging in general for any incoming college student. And for autistic folks, 
they're all the more pronounced by virtue of just social st structures and spaces that uh, need to adapt to meet their needs and where there's uh, a sense of openness to change uh, for everybody. Extremely well said. So I know that much of your recent work has looked into the effectiveness of transition and support programs for autistic students who are navigating that transition to higher education. Can you tell us a little bit more about this work and some of the methods you've used to examine the effects of those programs? Yeah, so I must say that uh, a lot of our inquiry related to these autism-specific college support programs is a collaborative effort. So several years ago, a team of folks and myself, including uh, Katie McDermott, who's an autism transition specialist, uh, Brad Cox, who's a, an associate professor in higher education, myself, and other folks who are, um, who are prominent uh, people and, uh, and have roles related to neurodiversity in college campuses. We developed a, a list, a database of all these programs throughout the country, just to have a really good uh, estimate, if you will, of where are these programs? What do they do? What services do they offer? And uh, in what ways can they support uh, the unique needs of autistic folks on their college campuses? So we have a, an open access database that folks can use. Uh, the website is can.softr.app. Uh, it's a fun little database where you can see a map of the US. You can filter it out based on region of the country, the type of college or, or university, and then the types of services that uh, these programs have uh, shared with us that they offer. Um, and our colleague Katie uh, engages in a regular audit uh, to make sure that um, the information is still uh, accurate. And it, what it does is it allows for parents and prospective college students and transition staff and folks who work in high schools to be able to find the right potential university or college that has a program um, that could serve their needs. So um, what, we've, what we realize is that a lot of these programs are emergent and, and thus adapting to the unique needs of not only students, but also other stakeholders on campuses. And um, these programs are really viable, often offering credit-bearing courses, mentorship opportunities, social events, uh, skill-based trainings to, to support students in their employment pathways. Uh, altogether, um, it's a very novel space, and there are other scholars who are also examining these programs, whether uh, individually or um, we have some. Uh, there are some folks in Canada who looked at programs out there. Um, there's uh, there's a real need to create comfortable and neurodiversity uh, friendly spaces for autistic learners, and, and these are one mechanism. This sounds like a really timely research program. Can you tell us what some of your primary findings have been with respect to these programs? Well, uh, so, so some of my work is in this space and, and really what we had done in an article a few years ago was really looking at these programs as more of a composite. Um, so not necessarily um, how effective individual programs are, but rather what they actually uh, provide. And so, uh, kind of like what I was sharing. So there's um, everything from mental health support uh, to um, uh, to uh, professional development on um, social experiences and navigating uh, postgraduate support, providing uh, viable mechanisms for parents to determine, well, how involved should I be in my children's life or child's life? 
Um, so it really depends on the program. Um, but what I can tell you is in thinking about my dissertation work uh, several years back, which was specifically focused on uh, one of these programs uh, that's based at a community college, is that um, these programs have major opportunities to work in partnership with other units on campus, but it's often contingent on other programs, other units' uh, desire and willingness to collaborate. Um, but that can be really fruitful in terms of uh, them working with places like um, the Student Conduct Office, because of course, in many spaces, um, autistic students are reported and often unfairly so, um, but through having really effective relationships with student conduct um, and, and folks who are aware of um, the program and autistic students needs that can allow for a greater sense of understanding and, and figuring out how to engage in more um, proactive measures. Um, one, the, the program I looked at engaged in a lot of collaborative problem solving where the autistic student in partnership with the staff members uh, help think through different challenging situations that might unfold. And there are other programs around the country that adopt similar measures. Um, but really, um, these programs are very unique depending on where they are geographically, who they're serving, their size, not only in terms of the students, but also the staff members involved. Um, but in talking with program directors in, in various spaces, it's abundantly clear that this is an exciting time and space to be in, but we also need uh, really good uh, partnerships with other uh, spaces on campus so that these programs can thrive and uh, ultimately tap into other resources. Absolutely. And it sounds like collaborative problem solving could be an important strategy to leverage in those settings. I'm curious to hear what else you're currently working on. Can you give us a sneak peek at what's on the horizon for you research-wise? Too, too many projects. Um, our big endeavor right now um, that I'm co-principal investigator on is a national study of autistic college student success, um, where traditionally we think about, well, uh, institutions, administrators, faculty, folks in power often provide perspective into what, what are traditional measures of success. And through those narratives, we're really discounting what autistic individuals value and bring to the table. And that's what our study uh, aims to uncover. Um, so it, it's encompassed a survey uh, that's open to uh, undergraduate autistic college students uh, in, in the United States. Um, so we started this project about a year ago and each fall is when we collect uh, data. Um, so we're, we're gathering new perspectives from students each year, but also following students' pathways over time. So some of the students who um, who we've engaged with this semester, uh, we're recording in December 2023, uh, actually participated in our survey last year. Uh, we're also engaging in interviews and photo elicitation um, in that we're valuing different ways in which folks may share and process information uh, and their experiences. So what we find is that autistic college student success is not just a not only a traditional measure like graduation uh, or persistence or getting good grades, which are indeed very important and students have articulated that, but in concert with that, it's honoring your mental, mental health, demonstrating grit, uh, being agentic and showing self-advocacy, uh, perhaps uh, leaning into your major or areas of interest, uh, finding friends and, and leaning into faculty members, all these different uh, uh, variables or, or items that I just mentioned collectively influence autistic college student success. And of course, there's further nuance based on 
uh, an individual's uh, engagement with their autism identity. Um, perhaps if they participate in an autism program, some of them do. Um, so it's a very vast and exciting uh, longitudinal study that will encompass many years. We've uh, obtained a half million dollar grant to support this work, which is really awesome because it enables us to uh, engage with further students and provide rich insights to uh, our campus communities. That sounds very exciting. And it's great to hear that you're partnering with the communities that you're seeking to serve. Nothing about us without us. Um, my final yeah. question for you is based on your research, do you have any tips or advice that you could provide for autistic individuals who are navigating college or perhaps for those who want to provide support to um, individuals within the higher education institutions? Absolutely. So I guess on the, on the front end, it's worth um, emphasizing that for autistic students, um, college presents a time where, you, where one must take on a lot of agency and independence. And, uh, and that's, that's the case for any college student. And then you think about autistic students, and of course, there's a much variety within um, how individuals' characteristics present themselves and surface. But um, traditionally, we do see that there's um, this notion of uh, lacking, uh, lacking uh, independence and, and lacking uh, knowing what resources to turn to um, by virtue of a lot of things often being provided in high school via IEPs and other spaces. So. I think one continued uh, piece of advice and, and reflection point is as autistic individuals um, and perhaps their families uh, work in tandem to figure out what, what is a viable college pathway, it's finding ways in which um, that notion of uh, independence and interde interdependence can be honored in concert um, so that students can find ways to um, do more on their own, but know that there's people that they can support that they can lean into and that will support them. Um, I think exposure to college campuses um, by prior to starting um, is very helpful. Getting familiar with a space, um, engaging with current students or even faculty um, because it, it will reduce the uh, profound um, uh, challenges that, that sometimes emerge for any college student when you're entering a new space. And then while in college, um, again, it's it's knowing what resources to turn to, um, finding people that you can rely on, but also uh, really at times leaning into discomfort and trying something new and sometimes going to a club or an event or uh, taking a new course may not always be fruitful, but through viewing that as a learning experience that can be helpful. As for, uh, as for the folks within higher education, institutions who are working with autistic individuals, it's trying to promote autism acceptance. And how do you do that? Well, it's not just trite language and performative measures, but rather thinking of how do you value and elevate autistic voices through campus programming panels where you have autistic folks and where they can share their perspectives, but leaning into different ways in which they may present it, not just on a panel, maybe it's via podcast or, or a, a lecture or uh, testimonials, honoring folks for their time, um, turning to your neurodiversity experts on campus who are not the sole resource but can uh, complement the insights that uh, other autistic folks uh, can bring to the table. And, 
and it's partnering with uh, and, and engaging with organizations like the College Autism Network, for which I'm on the leadership team, where we have uh, various tools and opportunities for folks who are interested in elevating autism acceptance to uh, to engage and to find resources and, and ultimately uh, exchange ideas. It's a collective effort. Certainly. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Nackman. Best of luck to you on your upcoming half a million dollar grant. And thank you for doing this work. Thank you very much. Please tune into our next episode when we interview another leader in the field of IDD and ASD research. If you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please visit our Division 33 website at www.division33.org and use our contact page with the subject line podcast. To all those professionals working in the field, thank you for the work you do. And to those individuals with IDD and ASD and those who support them, we're here to help.